going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Varbar podcast. It is episode 153. My name is Jake. I am your resident depressed Chelsea fan. And normally this is where I say I have the honour of hosting, but this week it's more just like therapy for a lot of us. Um, so we've got the boys in today. We have got Prez in the building. Yes, yes, yes. What's good, Jake, man? Not a lot when it comes to football, but we'll move. I'll get onto that. Um, we have got Drew in the building. Yay. <laughs> yep, my words exactly. <laughs> and then he's laughing. Bring it up, Toast. Come on, man. Birthday weekend. Jesus is risen. It's not even Easter, man. Hey, it's good right now. It's good right now. Oh, how how old are you, Toast? 24, right? <laughs> I wish, man. It feels about 24 years since I last seen my team win the league, though. But uh, now I'm 31, man. 31. And he's finally going to see his team win the league again after 19 years. Uh, oh. Let's let's not let, let's not get let's not get ahead of ah, ourselves. Ah, give now. it up, man! It's a lot of football to be played. Ah, but... stop this, please, stop uh. this. <laughs> when hey, when when my soliloquy comes in it, I'll explain obviously like what what the what the context is in it, man. Come on, but do you know what I mean. I can't just be. It can't. There's no trophies won in April anyway, anyway, man. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Wow, listeners, we have got three upset, disappointed lads. And then we've got toast. So we might as well just jump straight into it, mightn't we? And not uh, just rip the band-aid off. So <laughs> early kickoff, the dreaded early kickoff as it always is. It starts the game week with, for what the past five seasons has been the most eagerly awaited game of the season, City welcoming Liverpool to the Etihad. Now, unlike past years, these two teams aren't close in the table, unfortunately for Drew. And Saturday widened the gap as City demolished Liverpool 4-1. Now, Merseyside Reds actually took the lead thanks to a lovely Salah finish off a counter-attack with some horrific, horrific City defending. And then from that point on, City ran rampant. Goals from Alvarez, KDB, Gundogan and the resurgent Grealish without Haaland, we have to highlight. Um, Drew, uh, this is not a safe space, but you're here, so rant about it. <laughs> that's a good one yeah certainly not a safe space man with these hounds in the building but thank god only toast is you know toast is the the winner rather so but yeah um i don't even know what to say man in regards to in regards to our thing to be honest um you said it all uh we started a game okay i would say um we let city have the ball we just waited on moments to pick them pick them not apart but you know hit them on the counter um it worked a few times and then obviously we got the first goal and then from that point on you would think that we would build on typical Liverpool way but that didn't quite happen um yeah I mean you know first half we go into the we go into half time one or I'm thinking um if we do a little bit of the same um but a bit better then you know we might we might sneak a win here um but yeah, for you know, the first couple of minutes, the the pudding man, they just yeah, 
they got an early they got early two the two one and the three one came too early and then at that point City were just with us and I think like um, Klopp in his press conference or his match interview he was again absolutely fair man as in like this this could have been way more this this game actually reminded me of the Real Madrid game where I felt like um, City were just playing in gear one and you have players that are normally not good playing good. Um, and that's kind of been the story of Liverpool this season, to be honest. Players that are not good are playing good against us. Mudrick, his best performance is that 20 minutes for us. Grealish is having his best performance in a City shirt against us. Um, and you name it, man. Like, it, it, will, it will keep continuing. Um, even though, I mean, at the, at, at the Etihad, we don't, we don't get much change there anyway, historically. Uh, but in regards to, like, what this game meant for both teams, to be honest, in regards to City for the title and Liverpool for top four. It was a horrible showing from us, man. Um, yeah, so that game that game being done, I can just admit that we are definitely not in the top four race. Um, we're, yeah, we're out of it. So I don't even know what we're playing for this season, but we're, it all but confirmed that we're out of the top four race, man. So... For, um, sorry, Drew, I'll, I'll ask you this quickly before I move on to the other boys, because I think it was like during the towards the end of the game or just after the game finished, you said, keep Alisson, keep Canate, sell the rest. Um, we're about, not fate, we're about, well, we're over 24 hours from that moment. Um, still the same <laughs> or are there are a couple others you might want to keep? <laughs> nah, man, I'm still the same, bro. Like, I think Alisson, Alisson is Alisson, in it? I feel sorry for Alisson because Alisson, you know, Alisson, he, I feel like he deserves like a club. He deserves like a city, like a Real Madrid. Them type of teams that just win big trophies over and over again. And I feel like he probably, he probably deeps down feels himself that he, I'm probably too good for this. I should be winning more trophies, even though, you know, we've been, we've been, um, you know we've been competing. Let's let let me not play it down. We have been competing. We we have been in finals. We have you know been in title races. But you know he he hasn't really got the accolades to you know to match that. And I feel like a player of his stature, a player of his quality. You know, yeah, I feel bad for him. In terms of Konate, you know, Konate, I feel like at the moment he's he's our best centre back. He's a young centre back. He's the future. Um, and I think he'll be like a top three centre-back in the future, centre-backs in the future as well. So for sure, we should keep him. The rest, I'm not saying that we should sell everyone, but I'm, fi- I'm, I'm saying if, a, if an offer comes for any other player and if the price is right outside of those two, we should accept and, and, and get replacements. Because, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm just done with everyone else, man, in that team. Specifically, I mean, yeah, you know, you know the usuals, man. But yeah. <laughs> specifically the other nine players on the pitch um nah but yeah because if i now hold on because if i have to speak about this henderson like i've been speaking about henderson even in our glow in in our good times and and this guy is still here bro and you might as well play like curtis jones let me ask you guys a question do you guys feel like henderson In what team is Henderson starting? Like, in what in what team in the Premier League is he actually starting? Like, what in, you know? Like, like, give me like the name me the teams that he's like he's oh, a bona fide starter. Who was starting? God, could you say Palace? Because Southampton, Southampton, bottom of the team, bottom of the league, are not starting him. 
with their midfield. Hon- honestly Crystal speaking, is, maybe. Is, 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 he's one of those players where he's he's not a need, man. He's not a need in any team, if you think about he's, it. Like, he's just not. Like, <laughs> you, you put him on in Southampton and he doesn't necessarily stand out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Like, he's, he's, just, he's not a needle mover, he, as yeah, Kenneth says. Just, I, he, at all. He's just a guy. Yeah. Bro, in your words, Tosin, yeah, he's not good. Nah, nah, in your words, he's never been good. He's like, mm. Henderson has never been good, man. And, you know, it, it upsets me that he's still about. And, yeah, the technical quality as well. Sorry, before we move on, the technical quality as well of our team is 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 dire. But I feel like it's not even just our team, but I think a lot of teams in the Premier League, the technical quality is 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 in hell. Like it's it's in absolute hell, and the difference in City and Liverpool. Um, I mean, in terms of technical quality, it was always there was always a, quite a difference. We made up we made up with that with the athleticism and desire, mm. etc. Even mm. that's gone. So now that is gone. We're we're a bunch of nobodies. And if you you know compare you know not just City, but if you look at teams like even Arsenal and Brighton, I think. Those are the only three teams where I feel like across the board or in their 11s, maybe Chelsea as well. Those three teams specifically, they're the only three teams in the league where there's technical quality that matches with like athleticism. And even if, you know, let's say with City, they don't necessarily have the athleticism. They have the technical quality to compensate for that. Same with Arsenal. Same with, um, what do you call it? Brighton. Rest of the league, specifically Liverpool, it's, it's not there, bro. And... Yeah. Can I ask you a question on yeah, the back of that? Do you, do, you, do you feel like yeah. it, a team has to have one or the other to be successful or both? 100%. I think, I think first of all, you have to have both. But if mm. you don't have both, I think, I've always said it, the, te- the technical aspects, the technical quality needs to be high. That, yeah. that needs to be there first and foremost. And this is why I, I, I'm even including Arsenal in this because like in every line of, in every position, there's a, they, they have a technician. Yeah. Even the goalkeeper with his feet is a technician. Yeah. Their back four, all of them are technicians. Their midfield, they're all technicians. I'm, I'm looking at Gabriel Jesus. He doesn't back, but we can understand why Arsenal mm-hmm. won Gabriel Jesus starting for them. It's, it makes a difference. It's, it, there's a difference between Jesus and Eddie and Ketia. That's a difference, bro. And the difference is just the tech. The the Arsenal was struggling the first couple of minutes in that Leeds. Sorry, I'm I'm talking about Arsenal, but they were struggling in that first couple of minutes against Leeds. But te- Gabriel Jesus just just did a magazine in the box and created himself a he created himself a chance based on on the te- on his technical abilities. You know what I mean? Martinelli that cross for Ben White that cross that cross, <laughs> bro. Like it's mad, it's mad. Like I, yeah, it's mad, bro. So, like I said, I, I think only those three teams have that across the board, man. And the rest, yeah, it shows, man. It shows. Do you feel better? No, you've got it all off your chest. No, nah, man. Because <laughs> we got, we got, chill, we got, we're going, we're going to the bridge on Tuesday, and yeah, you know, you know what's oh, going to happen there, man. So, God. oh God, that's that. Please don't. Um, right, I'll, I'll move on from you, Drew. Your you, you, your rant's over. Toast, I want to come to you now because Arsenal have had an awful record at Anfield, as our Kenner continues to point out in the group chat. Um, but after watching this display, I'm going to be guessing you're very much licking your lips 
right now thinking about how Gabby Jesus and company get to go against that back line? I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I hate playing at Anfield, but um, I just feel as if the moment Arsenal are in right now, we can't be thinking about like the the last time we won there, which I think was like maybe like 2013, if memory serves me correctly. We need to just play it like it's any other game. Like Liverpool are in a, are in a bad moment. Like I understand that. Um, very up and down. Obviously, Spank United 7 0, then, then lost to Bournemouth, I believe. Held five against Real, held four against City. But we're going to have to respect them. But I was looking at the table. Like we're 30 points ahead of Liverpool. Like I cannot remember the last time I was able to say that. So go and play like a team that's 30 points ahead of Liverpool. Like for me, if we're worried about ah, the record's not been good in the past decade, we're thinking of the wrong thing. Like I expect us to really go at Liverpool's defence. Like I'm sorry and I love Van Dijk so much and I was tweeting about it the other day that he's genuinely one of my like centre-back goats but like the way he's playing right now is just absolutely spooky. Like just like for both goals, like I, I kind of both, sorry, both of City's opening first two goals. I mean, for me, it was just Van Dijk in two years ago is dealing with both like both moments much better. Like City's first two goals was basically a two on one with the goalie, mm-hmm. and both centre backs were behind the play. So for me, which is just cra- it's cra- that's crazy to me. So for me, I just feel as if the way we're playing right now, Martinelli, Trossard, um, Odegaard, Saka, we need to just go at that Liverpool back line. Um, ob- ob- obviously. Um, people are going to say whatever they want to say about like Trent's defending. But if I'm honest, even Robertson's not really having the best moment right now. Like for the first goal, he tried to cheat and tried to kind of press up on, on uh, KDB. And it was just curtains after that because KDB was just too, he was too slick and he's like, he flipped the ball around him. So I definitely feel as if this Liverpool team is there for the taking on, from, from a, de- a defensive we've standpoint. Saying that, we've been saying I mean, that about Robertson. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, time. it was it was fully on display. It was, it was it was fully on display yesterday, man. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Liverpool are always going to kind of carry a threat in attack, but midfield and defense right now, like there's holes and they, they can be exposed, man. Yeah, apologies for the run. Oh no, please! This um this episode is going to be full of them. It's weird that you're talking about someone else's club <laughs> for a rant. I think we have <laughs> enough words for our own. Um, Perez, I want to move on to City because. They were devastating, but in particular, those wingers, like Tosis just highlighted, Robertson and Trent had bad games. But as much as they played poorly, Mares and like Drew said earlier, I said it yesterday, that was Grealish's best performance in a City shirt for me. They were, that was fantastic. That was pure chef's kiss. It was. It, it was a joy to watch, quite honestly. Um, just speaking about both wingers, um, like you say, Jack Grealish, best game uh, in a City shirt for sure. Um, it seemed he was just given the time and the space to do whatever he wanted. Um, finding pockets, um, confident in picking up the ball anywhere, really. Um, not really being put under any pressure from any of the Liverpool defenders. Um, he was able to pick up passes, make off the ball runs, um, you know, find, as I say, find spaces in behind, find spaces in the pocket. You, and then you've got Mares on the other side. In the first half, I felt like he had his way uh, with Robertson. Um, we all know what a threat Mares carries uh, with both feet and what he's able to do to you on the inside and the outside. And yeah, he showed that in abundance, really. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's just so crazy to think of where he came from as as a as a Leicester player and what he did um, for them in their title, title winning season. 
And then he's he's not he, he was obviously City's um, top scorer last season as well. But I feel like in this City team, he's he's often overlooked. Maybe because he doesn't get the um, he doesn't get the, the starts. Maybe as many starts as uh, he's expected to uh, within the City team. But I think he's. He's such a threat, man. Every time he gets on the ball, and, and we were speaking a few episodes back about, you know, explosive wingers and, you know, um, how how impactful that can be um, within this Premier League. But he's not explosive, but he, he still gives defenders so much trouble and they fear him so much because of the threat he carries going both ways. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I think the, the wingers were fantastic. Jack Grealish, rightful man of the match. But, yeah, as I say, Mara is always a joy to watch, man. Yeah, I mean, Grealish, I think they've put it on match of the day. Since the World Cup, he's on three goals, five assists in the Prem alone in those 14 games. Like, just outstanding. And also, it was his first, out- first goal in the Etihad for, like, almost two seasons or something. What, what even like so that was his first goal on the head he had for City then or? yeah yeah I, I think yeah it's, it's, it's been a while since he's bagged at, at the Etihad yeah oh that's crazy well let's hope City keep doing it because I can't afford Arsenal to win I don't think many of us can unfortunately but we'll <laughs> move on um Drew your time's over Liverpool are done you can now go and rant about other teams like you want to um 3pm kickoffs, boys. That was a lot of action drama and chaos. Why we can't watch these 3pm kickoffs, that's the sort of slate I want. Because we'll start with Bournemouth. They welcomed Fulham down to the south coast. They beat them 2-1. They were fantastic. The counter-attacks they were pulling off against Fulham. I mean, that seemingly is what Bournemouth are doing now to teams week after week is just creating chances on the breaks time after time after time. And they managed to claw themselves out of the relegation bit, relegation three for at least one game week. Um, But then one of the games of the year, Brighton Brentford, free all. Hey, that game, yeah. I watched that game, man. Bro, yep. <laughs> this this is this is where I realized that we are in the pits, in the pits. Because this is they, <laughs> these two teams here. Yeah, they they were the examples of like a technical team and a, a, a athletic team that work really really hard. It was all Brighton were all over Brentford, all over them. Like it was just like obviously for the threat that they carry on the counter attack is amazing, and obviously set pieces as well. Um, Brighton had a lot of set pieces, a lot of corners, but they didn't they didn't do anything with them. So a lot of their goals came from you know like open play. But you know uh, what's his name, the Donny that was gonna go to Arsenal. Um, what's his name? Um, Caicedo. Caicedo. Oh my, bruv. Moises. What he was doing, yeah, like fam. What he was doing, yeah. Brighton. I think Brighton have an outside chance of of getting into that top four. Because they, yeah, they are, they're as good as anyone, man. And I think, like, it, maybe the beginning of the season kind of shaked them a little bit by not being at least on 50 points or close to 50 points. But they're, they're playing probably the best football in the league, man, at the moment in terms of form. So, yeah, they, 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 they can be quite angry with that draw, I must say. Yeah, Brighton are brilliant, man. Um, like, Solly March, I... I, I I've always thought he was like a decent player, but obviously he's kind of like exploded with the the goal returns this year. 
And then you have the the student of the game, Mitoma, on the other wing, who is just <laughs> brazy. Um, you got McAllister, obviously, in, in the in the ten position, and obviously, like I'm, I'm a big fan of this young Evan Evan Ferguson as well up top. So yeah, man, shout out um, uh, the Brighton attackers. But I also actually just wanted to point out that another goal for Ivan Tony, like seven, he he's going for the twenty league goals, which is just insane to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if like that's mm-hmm. low key been slept on. I know Bright, I know Brentford do get a lot of penalties, but seventeen goals in what twenty six games I think he's played this season is incredible, and it's a very good chance he's he's, he's going to be well. like a twenty plus striker this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Like he he scores every type of way. Another very well taken finish yesterday, um, and I probably need to start showing him a bit more respect than I, I probably have done, to be honest. You could definitely say that he's better on himself, Toast, couldn't you? Um... <laughs> you know what? Yeah, them betting jokes are gonna, even though like he's he's cold, but them betting jokes are too funny, man. They're too funny. They're gonna yeah. stick with him forever and ever, but forever, um, man. Yeah, forever. Um, so yeah, they last minute, well, 90th minute equaliser from McAllister got Brighton their free all draw that as Drew said, they probably deserve more. But an even later drama, Palace, the resurgent Palace, going back to what they know best, Roy Hodgson beating Leicester in the 95th minute with Jean-Philippe Mateta scoring the winner. And imagine Brendan Rogers today. He got the sack. Four-year reign, which, to be fair, I think they'll look back on and they'll be fond of it, for sure. Like, winning the FA Cup, really pushing for top four twice. I know they bowled it twice, but to be that high. Um, But yeah, Brendan Rodgers, lads, like, what's his next move? Because I think Drew said it, like, he goes to Celtic (laughs) and tries that again. But, like, does he get a high PL job? Does he have to move abroad and try that experience? I don't don't think any... Sorry, I don't think anyone bets on him um, to to, to get a a high-position Premier League job, personally. Oh, yeah, I want to hear more. Why? Um, I think he's... Like you mentioned, he's done well enough with Leicester... Um, to push for a top four spot and get he, he got them as far as they need to, needed to go. But I feel he has been given the opportunity to spend money and he has been opportunity to cut, had the opportunity to build a team. And um, yeah, I think if you look at it in the grand scheme of what they hope to achieve with the money he was given to spend, he's he's fallen well short of expectations here. Um, he has given them some trophy glory with the FA Cup, but he, he's just, he's not done enough in my opinion facts and i i even think yeah because i've seen people say like um we're being too harsh on brendan rogers because he's he's overachieved i don't even i don't even think that because as you pointed pointed out jake like do you remember his first two seasons where he was in the top four for basically the whole season and he bottled it twice <laughs> yeah why are you bottle, why why are you bottling it you 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 underachieved i don't think this this um what's it called this leicester team on paper, they're good enough. They got very good players, players that I would love to have in my team as well, to be honest. So I don't, I don't, I think he's severely underachieved. Leicester should be nowhere near a relegation scrap. Both those seasons, he should have been in the in the top four. He should have been playing Champions League football with Leicester. He done well to win the FA Cup, but yeah, he overstayed his welcome, in my opinion, man. Mm. You, know, you know, the owner, yeah, the owner must have really liked him, to be honest, but. He's been poor. I, He's been poor overall. I, I think it was less really liked him more, wasn't it? Something like they had to pay him like 10 million to go or even more than that. That's his severance. Like, 
So I, th- I think mm. they're just not cash rich enough to pay it because I think their owners are like all hotel based. And given the fact we just had COVID, I think they just don't, ha- they didn't have the money to get him out. Otherwise, he would have been gone sooner. Um, Bookie's favorite is yeah. Benitez. Love that move for Leicester, if I'm honest with you. We'll see if they actually pony up for Benitez, but they had to do it. They had to do it. Um, last 3 p.m. kickoff before we get to the title inductees. Um, Forrest failed to beat Wolves at home. And they, because of that, it's going to heighten the now growing pressure on Steve Cooper. Apparently, uh, once again, he is facing the sack, which I don't know what to say to that. I mean, what are you expecting out of Forrest to gel 30-odd players together and keep them up simultaneously? But I, if he goes, he will have a big market, suffice to say. Um, but final 3pm kickoff. Arsenal welcoming Leeds to the Emirates. And subsequently just played them off the park for 90 minutes, if we're honest. 4-1 winners. You've got the resurgent Gabby Jesus, who, as Toe said, has come before Easter, which is crazy, with two. And a somehow come suddenly on. prolific Ben White and Granite Xhaka. So Arsenal keep their lead at eight points. Um, Toast, who would you say you're more in love with right now? Gabby Jesus or Leo Trossard? <laughs> Oh man, I'm, all, I'm obviously delighted to have um, Gabby Jesus come back, man. But you boys know me, man. The only Leo we acknowledge over here, like the this impact. Like I was just speaking to my brother about it earlier. I'm thinking if Arsenal would sign Murder Mudrich, we might be in sixth place right now because <laughs> the impact he's actually had in terms of he he's he can play false nine. He can give it to you up the wing. He can kind of like fit in in that little cam position. Just the, just the positions he kind of takes up. But if I'm honest, like. I've been a fan of Trossard from a very, very long time. And it's one of those ones where when that, when um, we decided Damn. to move on from Mudric and it, it became <laughs> when uh, some, breaking some, news. some breaking news, boy, live in, <laughs> live in. Hey, hey, why is he, why is he? Wanna, Give us the update, man. Hey, why is he? Get, get, yeah. get, get the, <laughs> break it. I don't know, but hey. <laughs> love the, love the, you're so musical. Uh, <laughs> I'm vexed. Why, why is it before our game? Let him, let him, oh. let him land the news, man. Re, re, um, to interrupt right. our regularly scheduled programming, this is like where the BBC sort of like just ruin every, take over everything when um, the Queen's died. Um, Pour out. Potter out. That is um. Uh, yeah. That is yeah, news I mean, yeah. on a Sunday, bro. I... Fuck. Wow. <laughs> hey, man. Sorry, on the show you, anyway, you know, you know what's. <laughs> nah, you know, you know what's so interesting. I was speaking to my brother about we were we were watching match of the day, catching up earlier today, and we were literally watching like um the Chelsea game, like the way Villa just came to London and just packed Chelsea, and then obviously they dropped the stat that. I think he's only got 28 points in 22 games. Like for me, that's just absolutely disgusting. That's like, that's like basically just above relegation form in my opinion. If there's like what, 66 points up for grabs and you've got what, 28? Come on, man. So for me, like it, 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 it would have been a disservice to, to Tommy Tuchel if, if Potter didn't go. I know I get the whole trust the process, but he's not he's not warranted trust, trust in the process. And you, people are saying, uh, look at Arteta, give people time. I disagree. It's just man. not working. But like, 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 I, like, like I said in it before, I personally felt as if Chelsea did not need to just splash like he- on hella players in Jan. I felt as if let Potter 
play with the players that he currently had with like a normal like normal numbers in a squad so let him try and like kind of infiltrate a sort of system kind of get a system across to the players he has and then you make moves in the summer but so for me because it's one of those ones where Mudrich, like big money signing, and he's been in in and out of the squads. You've had hella players that have kind of come into the squad. Like it's it's unfair to put up, but at the end of the day, like we like we know what the Premier League is in 2023. I think there was a stat that I think there's been 12. I think that, that probably this makes this does this make it 13 um, managerial changes in the Premier League alone, which is obviously a record. So I'm not shocked personally, man. And I mean, Nor am I. it's Chelsea Football Club, like European champions, multiple like league titles. You know what I mean? They, they were never going to stand for this, man. But I feel bad for him. But it's not worked, didn't it, man? Nah, 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 man. <laughs> you could, you couldn't with the results that these men and what have they been playing on the pitch? If Potter survived the season, man, it would have been a disgrace, especially with a manager like Nagelsmann on the market. And I think they've probably been chirping him on the low um, yeah. in anticipation yeah. for this Potter sacking. To be fair, so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the next bit of news that's announced on Chelsea's front, man. Jake, man, I want to hear from you, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm having to redo my plan here. What the fuck (laughs) are you going to ask us about, Pod? Now I'm like, I'm scrambling. Um, Yeah, I think, like, so we were on, what, a three-game unbeaten run, something like that. And I think before then, like, I admitted on Pod, like, this was the first time I was having doubts about Potter. And I said it on the Pod, it's like, once you start having the doubts, that's when it starts creeping in. You're never really going to get rid of that sort of thing, because... Like, so against Villa, we lose 2 0 when we were abjectly bad. Um, we played out three at the back, but we played Reese James at right, right centre back. That is such a tremendous waste of his talent. It's disgusting. Um, Koulibaly is the only recognised defender, and calling him a defender for this Chelsea team is an insult to defending because he's shit. Um, Kuka. I actually thought Kuk- <laughs> like Kukreya was obviously awful for the first goal. Like complete miscommunication. Well, I say miscommunication. There was no communication between himself and um, Koulibaly. But outside of that, I thought he generally had a decent game. Um, Loftus-Cheek at right wing back is an experiment that does not work. Please stop. Um, no control in midfield whatsoever from Kovacic and Enzo, who are two outright very good central midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, Mudrick obviously missed two big, big chances. He just, he really showed his inexperience there. Like that obviously did his confidence no good whatsoever. I think it was a mistake to start him there. Um, Outside of Zhao Felix just taking on a shit ton of players and crawling into space, I thought we were poor offensively, to be honest. Um, So I've, I've been saying it for a while with Potter that, I wanted performances to improve. I, like results, the season was over, so it wasn't really a matter of results. It was a case of performances. And today, and that Villa performance was rubbish. Like he got completely outcoached by Emery, who has done a legitimately fantastic job for Villa. Like he has been superb for them. To be expected. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's Aston Villa. You should like we're at home against Aston Villa. We should mm. not be playing that badly. It does not matter. And they were just able to lob a ball through our defence. And if it wasn't Ollie Watkins, it was Jacob Ramsey. If it wasn't Jacob Ramsey, it was McGinn or Buendia. And they were all just getting on the end of it. And I think McGinn at the end of the game, like he got interviewed and they said, "What did you do better than Chelsea?" He said, "Just ran. That's all we needed to do." And it was. It was just a case of pure hard work beating us. And 
yeah, like you, you can't be surprised Potter is gone. Absolutely not. I think even like for myself, who has mostly been an apologist for Potter, um, you can't be surprised that simple as like results have to matter, performances have to matter, even with gelling together all the squad and the job just screamed like it was too big for him, unfortunately. And I wanted him to succeed. It's a shame he doesn't. I do wish him the best. I hope he does find a club, but it just seems like that will probably be his big move done for a while. And he's really going to have to prove himself at another club. Um, as far as who we get in. Okay. Well, I'm hurt. All right, Drew. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, man. I understand. Nah, to be honest, man, I, I, I feel like, um, uh, the points that you guys are making in regards to Potter and him deserving to be sacked is completely fair and uh, I get it. I I understand. But I do still think that the sacking is unfair simply because of what he's been dealt, the cost that he's been dealt with in terms of the amount of players that's come in and the the amount, the big, the big group that he has to work with. Of course, the, the amount of games that he's won or the points that he's collected since um, joining Chelsea, obviously, it's nothing nothing to write home about. It's not good. Um, but at the same time, man, he has to work with what he's getting. I'm sure that half of the players coming in in the January transfer window were not players that he's even asked for or he, he probably didn't ask for those players. So for me, I felt like the... Fair, the fair thing to do was just to write off this season. I know Bowley, there's, there's a lot of investment to so Champions League or not even Champions League, even Conference League. Like any amount of European money needs to be collected and that is now looking at in danger. So I get it in that sense. It's probably, he's probably panicking. But I felt like Potter deserved at least one whole season, at least a small rebuild with all the players leaving in the summer as well. Um, for me personally, I think he, he at least deserves that. And I feel like he is definitely uh, a good coach. Um, was was the shoe too big for him in this? Probably yes, but I think he'll be back, man. I think he should. He should. If 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 what's it called? Stay up like a palace. Do you think he should look be looking at them? I think so. Like, oh. I mean, you got you. Oh boy. But the thing, the thing is, if, like, who do you go Leicester. hire? Because mm. I take Leicester if yeah. I was him. Not Palace. Palace is nah. Because they're not, they're not, they're not spending bread. I mean, neither team is really, but I mean, in terms of like a a squad, Leicester probably have the better squad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that you could work with. So, I'll take that. Um, but yeah, like that's shit. That's that's just a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Jake, what do you what do you what do you think about the? I mean, because this is obviously we we've spoken about Bowley, and you know we've questioned his strategy and and whether you know with the the numerous signings he made in January and he's packed out his squad and you know there was question marks about him you know throwing the bag at Potter the way he did do you if we rewind it back to you know before you know when it was announced that Potter was given the job do do we then say okay Bowley have you really measured this as well as you could have by by giving Potter the job in the first place and then subsequently spending as much as you did to quote-unquote back him do 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 you feel like Bowley oh, yeah, should yeah, hold no, some that- yeah. Yeah, 100%, 100%. It was his appointment. I think what's happened is he has really had to deal with like a fast track course in how football works. And he's made a lot of mistakes, Bowley, don't get me wrong. That's 
part of the process. But I think given the fact that there was no structure in to sort of advise him against it, yeah. like Potter almost has to hold DL without it necessarily being his fault. But mm-hmm. like at the same time, I, I think I need to hold Potter accountable because like I say, like playing Reese James at right centre back when you've got Shalaba and like Trevor Shalaba, but what does he have to do to get consistent minutes? I just don't get that. But like, yeah, stuff like that, which just you're you're making poor decisions. That is a fact. Yeah. So I've like, yeah, it's I I can't complain when I sit there and think Bowley hasn't like of this decision. He as toast lined up. I can't remember the point total, but it's not good enough. I think some like Villa have got. 12 more points than us since Emery got appointed, for example, who are our nearest people in the table. So I get where Drew's coming from in the sense that right the season off, like I was saying that for a long time, but the performances have not been there. And like you yeah. just look at the Villa one, there was a complete lack of control. Defensively, we were we have been shoddy for a while. Like I miss Thiago Silva so goddamn much. Um and then attacking wise, like I get even Tuchel was struggling to score with these players, but it's just yeah, like it's just a continuation. And I, I get like it, it always is with this. If your team's not playing well, eventually something's going to change. And especially considering how much we spent, it's usually the manager anyway. But in this case, it was probably always going to be. So whoever we get in next, like. Chelsea is still a very attractive job, but it is an incredibly demanding job. So you've got to think like, because I think I was just reading the press. One of the most high um, pressure job in in football, man. 100%. Poison Chalice almost up there with United. Yeah. Even Potter said that. Potter said like a little while ago and people gave him shit for it. It was like Chelsea is the most pressurized job in football. I was sat there. I was like, I get why you say it. Historically as well, man. Yeah. Like it, it just is what it is. So, um, it definitely will be an interesting appointment. Like, do we get in someone like a Nagelsmann or, or an Enrique or I can't even think now. Maybe take your bloody watch. pick, mate. Take your bloody oh. pick, man. <laughs> Rub those hands. Pochettino, Pochettino like, is about. <laughs> he is, but apparently he, he's rejected us, didn't he? Like when the Potter first sacking out, he was like, I'm not going to Chelsea, even though he advertised, he went for us twice, but whatever, I don't really. Um, but it'll be interesting mm-hmm. if one of them will take on the job now or because it's April. Like we've got what, 11 games yeah. left, yeah, like 12 games left. So do you take that on now or do you just go interim and then agree to take over in the summer? Who knows? Like, but I, I get why something had to be done. Um, because we've got Liverpool midweek, that new manager bounce, the interim manager. That's true. Oh. That is so guaranteed to be a one or draw, mate. That is like, I'm <laughs> Bro, getting a mortgage. That's going to be soon. a three nil dub Chelsea now. <laughs> it's going to be three nil Chelsea now. It's not. But, um, it's what like, it is, and especially because our season is, there's two games left. There's two major games left and that's a core final tie against Madrid. And we are not beating Madrid. But you, we have to show something. So whether or not we get in a new manager or we just play interim until the end of the year. But, I mean, I was saying it under Potter. I don't want to see the players that aren't a part of our future anymore. Like, a lot of people are still saying, why isn't Bemiang on the bench? Because he won't be here come June, July time. He will be gone. And that's... Well, you need fair. a striker, though. We do. That's one thing. I, 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 when I look at Chelsea, yeah, like, you might as well play him, bro. Like, 
nah, that happened. He was shit. For like, us. I feel. I feel like you. Okay. I, I, now nah, I get it. He was shit. But like, who, whoever is there is also not contributing. So you might as well play an actual nine. Because I feel nah. like, especially in the Villa game, if you had um, an actual nine. You may you may have backed, but I don't know, man. That's it's all hindsight. I'm it's all, all easy talk, of course, but I I can I, I, I completely disagree about that, man. Like, um, yeah, yeah, Havertz obviously isn't isn't like a natural goal scorer, but in terms of what he gives you, in, in terms of an all round game in like a struggling team, it's definitely still way more than what Aubameyang is going to give you. Like Aubameyang's finished. Like Aubameyang, as we know it, is cooked <laughs> in football, in it. So <laughs> everyone just needs to let that 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 one die in it, man. Like, bro, he he can't offer anything on a consistent basis anymore man so he's just out here with his braids and his Lamborghinis man let him do his thing <laughs> no no I'm not. I, I can only agree but like that this is where I'm genuinely saying like we've only got so we're we're, we're probably going to lose to Madrid but you play your best team against Madrid and you see what happens because you never know you never know that's probably the best I can do with that situation um it's but the rest of the part game, of your best team I'd say so Without a doubt, but he he will more than likely be leaving because we cannot get him to yeah. agree a contract, which is a crying shame. Like I get everyone else's opinion on him, fine, whatever. Like we're, I'm going to be having those arguments probably for a long while, but we can't get him to agree a new contract because he doesn't want to like sign away the rest of his twenties, but he doesn't want to give up a wage mm. either. It's like okay, fair enough. So he'll probably be gone, but I I want to see us play. Like, I want to see us play four of the back, personally. Like I and I want to see us play people like Matt, like Madueke. I've barely seen Mudrick. I get that he's not playing well, but I'd rather see him than see these players that just aren't going to be playing for us long term. Like, so might as well just use these last ten games and just fuck about. Like, let's have a bit of fun, man. Let's go for it. Like, that, that's probably stop. why it's probably it's probably not a good idea for the new manager to to start now, isn't it? Because you don't really want. The, the new manager wouldn't want to tarnish their name, you know, on on the back of this season and have all this shit to deal with. They probably want, you know, the opportunity to have their preseason and see what they can do in the summer in terms of transfers and getting players they want in. So I, I would be surprised to see if 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 the the manager you appoint actually starts now. What do you think? I I hundred percent agree. Like the, the only so if you're sat there, let's say you're like let's say you're Nagas or Enrique do you want the Chelsea job I think yes yeah I think I get the whole poison chalice but there is enough opportunity there and it's also an ego thing isn't it it's like this Chelsea team like taking them back to the heights like it these men are driven by ego and that's completely fair but you want to succeed there and you'll have enough opportunity it's just whether or not you can take advantage and rise above the pressure but anyway so you're looking at this this team right now and um you're thinking, right, they've got 11, 12 games left. They've got two games are the only two that matter. So all these Prem games, I can... The best thing is, like, evaluation is, okay, I can come in. They've got a structure of technical directors and all that stuff that's coming in on the background. But as a manager, I've got 10 games to say, who is... Who do I want long-term, essentially? Now, a lot of these players, this is the downside of what Bowley and co have done yeah. with all these signings and giving them eight year contracts, six year contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they, they might be easier to get rid of because they've got higher contracts, but FFP, you have got to deal with them long-term. So you've got to try and make it work. So 
Mudrik, like I say, hasn't been great when he's been on the pitch, but you have to try and make him work. Maduike, we haven't even been able to see him. You've got to try and make him work. Like, <coughs> so you have to evaluate these players and see what their strengths are whilst you're there on the training pitch. But like say, press, like, would you really want to do that? Hmm. No. Like, if you're Nagelsmann, you've just been sacked unceremoniously from Bayern. You'd probably say to yourself, right, I give myself two months off to yeah. recharge the batteries and whatnot. Then I can come in and give it a proper good go. So I would not be surprised, no, if we have to wait until the summer and we have to just deal with interim because the season is over for us, bar mm-hmm. those two games. So unless you can get someone in, and I don't really want Enrique. I definitely don't want Poch. Would I Would I want Nagelsmann? Absolutely. Because I think like the he, main he's thing gonna that, cook with this team, man. I think so as well. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna cook with these youngsters, hundred percent. Yeah, because the main thing with bag. um, yeah, hundred percent. Because like the main thing with Bayern, wasn't it? That I said on the last pod was that he just didn't connect with the squad. And when you've got a lot of like leaders who have been there long term, like he just struggled to get on with them. Whereas this team is so young, bar what Silver as Pilaquator and Koulibaly and Abemiang, like you're gonna find it a lot easier to imprint yourself on them and your philosophies but like mm. he's such a complicated coach he's like pep he's gonna take time to get his stuff in is these 10 weeks or these 10 games now really an opportune moment like i think each club has got something stupid like 10 games in april like you might as well just wait but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting i mean i've said it so many times on this podcast chelsea football club are two things they're chaos and they're trophies we're firmly in chaos <laughs> but that is all we are as a football club. And at least it's something to keep you all entertained. Um, yeah. Sorry, Pa. Like, GG's. I wish you all the best. Hope you have a grand time at Palace or Leicester next year. Um, you didn't deserve the death threats on your family. That was a disgusting act from Chelsea fans. But at the same time, I do think the job was ultimately just a bit too big for him with circumstances out of his control contributing to that but you yeah fucking yeah. weird lads <laughs> yeah. That's, that, I, 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 i'm glad i'm not in like news or anything like that i can't react to this like, fuck. um we, i think we need to Mental. move on like that yeah um back to toast or yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, Toast, you guys are really good. You're probably going to win the league. You've got a hard stretch coming up against like City and Liverpool away and Brighton at home. But, I mean, you'll be fine. Newcastle you're, away. You're going to do great. I believe in I you. Mean, uh, after Newcastle's performance today, man, it's definitely another fixture that is just another hurdle like from the league, if I'm honest. Like, I mean, obviously I said at the top of the, sh- at the, top of the episode that I still don't think... Um, it's personally wrapped up. Um, I feel like the eight-point gap right now is not an eight-point gap. I personally think it's a two-point gap. Um, City will win their game in hand. You saw the way they steamrolled Liverpool. I expect them to steamroll more or less every team they play. I personally just don't feel as if we have the experience or the maturity to go to um, the Etihad and get a result. Simply based on the game at the Emirates, we came into that game with very good form. And I, 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 at the back of my mind, thought we were going to kind of sneak a win. And they kind of, it was, it kind of ended up being a bit, a bit like uh, boys versus men. I kind of feel as if the game in the Etihad is going to kind of go the same way. But we are, we do have the luxury, obviously, of having a two point gap after that. I still think we need to go perfect. Um, 
with with uh, City's game in hand in mind and the game Arietta had in mind. And obviously going perfect means beating Chelsea. It means beating Newcastle, beating Brighton, be, beating Liverpool. So there's still a lot of hurdles. And I, I know there's only, what, nine, maybe mm. nine, ten, ten games left. And it's probably like, ah, oh, Arsenal are going to win it. But if I'm being realistic based on the teams we have to play, Brighton are pushing for top four. Newcastle are third right now. They want they to cement top four. Liverpool's never an easy game. Um, we could see like a an all-star Chelsea team when they come to the Emirates. I don't know, man. So it's 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 a good position to be in, and I'm glad that we 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 kind of consolidated um, and won like these last seven games in a row. But they they've been games we've expected to win. Like, Toast, do you do yeah, you think do you think that do you think that um, do you think that you know you know the way the way your fixtures have panned out with a lot of the tougher games sort of towards the back end of the season. Would you have preferred a case where you had uh, these these games maybe spread across the season more evenly, uh, rather than a situation where you have tougher games on uh, the, the the back stretch? Definitely, man. Because like, yeah, like this new this Newcastle away game, um, still having to go to the Etihad, still having to go to Anfield, all in the space of like a month. Like for me, that's just that's crazy, man. And it could essentially be a situation where all of our good work is undone if we end up having just a horrible. Mm couple of games against those teams so yeah man I mean we have to kind of respect these opponents that that gap could kind of um be closed very very quickly as a result and then the pressure could potentially be on us god forbid we're in a situation where we then have to chase City so do you know what I mean I mean we just have to we have to really be realistic about what the situation is right now man I mean it's for me it's going to go down to the last day in my opinion I still think it's like we're going to have to beat Wolves to um, on the final day of the season to win the league if, we, if we're going to be in that position. I don't see a situation where we're going to have like a couple games cushion. City are just too good, man. Like, I mean, Haaland didn't play yesterday. We obviously saw how, like, like Alvarez is just unbelievable. I don't know where they, they got that boy from, but like, he's oh, got a good eye for goal. Yeah, good, good passer as well. Bro, for, he for, is how much, like... For 20 million was, they bought him? From River Plate. Brother, like, like, bro. like criminally good. Like, the way he just fit in, like, like it, it was like, it was as if Haaland's not played all season the way he the way he played he was brilliant man so yeah like I said still respecting City man but obviously delighted for Gabriel who's used to kind of get a brace and a relatively comfortable victory against Leeds great 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 <laughs> um right we're going on to today's news um let, let's cook United now Right, well, let's get rid of West Ham first. They beat Southampton 1-0. Great. That relegation scrap now, lads, I love updating it because it's going to be so holy, that scrap, um, that Chelsea may get involved in if they keep fucking being shit. Um, Wolves in 13th, Southampton 20th. That's now a five-point gap. Fantastic. Absolutely. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. But we will end... In Geordieville, in Tyneside, Newcastle Lake welcoming the Red Devils, hoping to take revenge for the Carabao defeat. And as we've hinted at, they did that. Mission accomplished. Um, three points to Newcastle. 2-0 flattered. Ten Hag's tricky reds, I think we could probably all agree with. Um, Prez, before I let Drew, obviously, like he's, it seems like he's buying at the jump. Um. I'll let you take the floor with what you want to say about your club today. Yeah, um, I think anybody who watched that game will uh, agree with me when I say Newcastle were by far and away the better team in every single position. 
every statistic you can think of, uh, they dominated. Um, couldn't get a foot on the ball, really. And and when we did, we gave the ball straight back to them. Um, first half, they created uh, a host, <laughs> a host of chances that you know left left me thinking at half time. How is this game still nil nil? We were um, super fortunate to go into the break. Without conceding, uh, the pressure was really, really on uh, defensively. We looked shaky. Uh, Alan Saint, the duel between Alan Saint Maximum and, and Diego Dallo, um, I think we got a preview of that duel in the Carabao Cup final to the point where, uh, you know, Ten Hag had to, to quickly switch uh, Dallo out for AWB, but he couldn't do that today as AWB wasn't in the matchday squad due to illness. So Dallo had to. For, for 67 minutes, uh, feel the full force of um, St. Maximum's cooking, really. And um, yeah, he had his way with him, um, was taking him inside, taking him outside, getting the ball that, into the box. That, that boy is a problem, man, like on his day. Like, yeah, SM. yeah, he is, man. And he, he loves it against United as well. He really does get up for the game. And um, yeah, Isak as well. He he played his role uh, as the number nine perfectly, um, was... Uh, occupying both centre-backs <laughs> with with pretty much ease, man. Um, Lissandro Martinez and Varane had their hands full. He was, uh, you know, playing the, the target man role, bouncing off um, the wingers, getting into the box, creating aerial threats. Um, I thought he was really, really good today, along with St. Maximum. And uh, obviously, Gemarash as well. You can't forget him and, and what he was doing in midfield. Um, as I said, uh, <laughs> during the game, as it was going on, Scott McTominay is a disgrace. And I want to get your opinion on this, though, um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think, like, for me, Scott McTominay doesn't offer... Um, he doesn't offer anything in terms of like his ability to his ability on the ball and his ability off the ball. He's he's pretty he's pretty bad. But if I put him into this Newcastle team, I actually think it would work. And the reason why I say that is because I think under Eddie Howe, what he what he wants most out of his uh, central midfielders is is the desire, effort, engine, and the ability to work off the ball. And I think McTominay would fit into that into that team because he does all of those things. Um, but unfortunately in a Ten Hag team, especially where Ten Hag likes to have the ball and wants his midfielders to be able to look after the ball and keep possession. Scott Matomine is hiding for most of the game. And when he does receive the ball, he's, he spams it out into to nowhere. So I think in if, if the rumours are true about McTominay and, you know, Newcastle caught in McTominay potentially, I, I think he would actually look pretty good in, in this uh, Newcastle team. If you, if you just imagine like a guy who... Um, who arrives in the box late. I mean, he can finish when he gets into the box as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he... Yeah, I think, he, I think he, that's what it place. is. Yeah. I think that's what it is. You, are, you, answered, you, you answered your question. I think he'll be used differently. And mm -hmm. I feel like exactly. the way McTominay... The more I've seen of McTominay, the more I've noticed that maybe at United he's being used... He's, he's being told to do something that he's not good he's at. He's not capable of he's, doing, yeah. yeah. He's not capable of doing. But what he is... good, What he is... What he does at a decent level is what you said, the arriving in the box late, um, just bypassing, you know, the, the other midfielders and getting to the box, sometimes bypassing the strikers even. The yeah. role that he plays for Scotland, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, that's, that's like, his bag. Like, bro, but that's not what he you know, does at United. You know what's so crazy? I was literally just going to come on that point because I was just kind of randomly on YouTube um, during the international break, like catching some of the highlights and Scotland... Uh, 
played Spain in their second game. Scott McTominay scored both goals. They won the game. They, um, a couple of days before that, Scotland played Cyprus. Um, McTominay came off the bench. Similar sort of just kind of uh, late run into the box sort of goal. So that was basically mm-hmm. just like three goals um, over the, like the the international break that's kind of just passed. And like, I, I don't, definitely don't really see that enough from him in uh, United. Like in the position that he plays for United, he's just mid. He's just one of many. So yeah, man. I mean, maybe. In but that's but that's I think I think that's a coaching thing. From a role. That- that's flourish. a coaching thing. That's the that's the manager. That's the manager's telling him you you need to you know cover cover our defenses. You need to you know play that Casemiro and make sure the the attackers don't go through. You're the first point of contact. That's 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 the thing. I don't go too too much forward because we have got Bruno and we've got our forward players to do that. So you don't need to arrive in the box at all. I, I haven't really seen him do that for United and with Scotland. I see I've seen him do that plenty of times. So for me. It, it boils down to like a coaching thing. Like this is what they're telling him to do, and it's not worked. It's not working. Yeah, I, th- I think he. That, yeah, so. he. 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 Def- he definitely isn't in those positions enough. But I think in the first half, Ten Hag did try to play him in a little bit more of an advanced position, in an advanced central position, and he. He. Um, basically said Juno should drop off next to Sabitzer. And um, as you guys saw, um, I, th- I think the two centre-backs for Newcastle played really, really well, as you'd expect as well, um, in nullifying any of our threats, especially with Weghorst. He barely got a touch um, and was was pretty ineffective for, for the duration of the time he was on the pitch. Um, but yeah, McTominay, I think he, yeah, for what's been asked of him in a United shirt, he's he's not living up to that and I think the way Ten Hag plays football and the way he wants to play football I don't think he's going to change that to accommodate what Scott McTominay to, to play to Scott McTominay's friend, uh, uh, strengths so it's going to be up to him to find a new club um, that does play to his strengths he's and I not, think he's not that brazy he, he's not that brazy to do that anyway so I get it exactly exactly so it's like yeah, go go find a new club that does play to your strengths and where you might find some success. And I, I look at Newcastle and I think, you know what, he might actually fit into that with the way Eddie Howe wants his, his midfielders to play. But yeah, I just wanted your opinion on, on, on that on that one quickly. Um but yeah, all in all, um Newcastle rightful winners in that game, played us off the park for ninety minutes and yeah, I wasn't too distraught about it for some reason. I don't know why. I, I, I just felt like it's one of those games where you just put your hands up and be like, yeah, they wanted it more than us. And, um, you know, they got their, the rightful result in the end. So, yeah, just have to move on to the next game. Did you expect a win? Um, Did you expect a good performance and a win? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I expected okay. us to show a better account of ourselves than we did. Um, and I did expect us to go there and score. Um, however, I didn't think we would collect three points at St. Joseph's Park um, because it's been so difficult yeah. for teams to do that this season. Um, but yeah, that's uh, what three games now in the Premier League without a win uh, with all the obviously cup fixtures that we've had in between. Um, and that's now seven losses for the season as well uh, in the Premier League. So yeah, um, suddenly we find ourselves well and truly in the fight for that fourth spot with Tottenham playing Everton on Monday. Um, and if Spurs win that game, uh, we find ourselves outside the top four. So, yeah, man, things have turned on their heads pretty sharpish for United. Um, although we do have a game in hand, uh, a couple of games in hand, um, it just goes to show, you know, I think I think I am disappointed with that because we were in quite a strong position, um, you know, sort of early last month, mid last month. Of Arsenal. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Five points of Arsenal at one point, man. Exactly. And, um, you know, a few draws um, and a few losses and, and bad results. And, and now we find ourselves firmly in uh, a position where I didn't think we would be. Um, yeah, so we, we we really do have to watch ourselves now because anything anything can happen with the last few games in this season. Um, so especially with the cup games that we still have left to play. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's tight, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Toast, you put on Twitter just a, a lovely fact about United this season versus United last season. Would you um would you care to share it here, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me actually just pull it out real quick because you know what, um, United in April 2022 had 51 points. United <laughs> under under Ten Hag in April 2023 had 50 points. So. And it was just last week I was getting on about that that Australian that Australian the Austrian fraud that spin doctor. <laughs> so I mean, I'm wondering if there's another Dutch spin doctor in Greater Manchester right now, isn't it, man? Just I mean, we're just just getting purely <laughs> off the numbers, isn't it, man? Because so we got 51 we got 51 or... points all season last season, and we're, we're sitting on 50 points now. You do the maths, bro. Nah, 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 nah. 56 points. points at April. And then we finish with 56 points for the no, rest no, of the season or something. my bro. Well, I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I ain't got all that information here, bro. I'm just seeing what I, I'm just seeing the tweet as it was that April 2022, you had 51 points. April 2023, you had 50 points. That's what I've seen. And boy, that's, that's what I reacted to, isn't it? So, okay, I can confirm as a fact, we had 58 points. We finished the season with 58 points last season and we're on 50... One points or fifty points, whatever it is, now with ten or eleven games left. So, I mean, if you, I think you might need to go and recheck your maths to figure out what that might mean for us come the end of the season, my brother. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. To you. <laughs> hey, man. Sometimes agenda in it, man. Boy, <laughs> hey, it weren't my source. It's it weren't my source in it. I'm just saying. Hey, this is what the streets is feeding me, isn't it? This is what the streets is feeding me. Say less, dude. The, the Dutch uh, fraud, yeah. Do you man share the same sentiment or? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't share. I don't share it as much. But what I will say in that game, so United are what one a one nil down at the time, and Ten Hag lines up three subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he subs off both mm-hmm. centre backs, <laughs> and made the game so much easier for Newcastle. Yeah. And. Like for someone like Ten Hag, who this year has been quite tactically astute, you think with De Gea, he doesn't even bother to ask him to play out from the back. Um, you think of what he's been doing with Bruno and then especially Rashford of Bruno trying to come off to the right side to give him more space and Rashford keeping him on the left to get those deeper runs in behind and he's made him fantastic. That was a real, real misstep. And I get the whole like throw in the kitchen sink. But it just reminded me of Tuchel earlier in the season versus Leeds where he just took off all the midfielders and put on a load of wingers and just went, come on, get us a goal. Mm. And I I don't really get why. That was, it was very much like panic stations. Oh, oh, fuck, um, do this. And it obviously didn't work. I I personally think, yeah, that I think like Tanakh is probably doing what he's supposed to be doing at this moment of time. I wasn't really on the bandwagon of him do, being 
like amazing or whatever because I definitely felt like you know when United um were doing well when they were on the stretch of their games winning these games it was more of a Rashford thing rather than a Ten Hag thing I I, I even go by the opinion that he's he I wouldn't say struggled but he's I think he's kind of like getting still getting to grips with the Premier League and what it demands so that every single game needs you know preparation in every single game is a struggle and I think that's what he's like figuring out at the moment and of course like um Casemiro's um yeah Casemiro's Casemiro's doing has not helped him as well that's probably on paper it's his his best player but I don't think like um Eric Ten Hag has been has been that great on tactically he's he's had on a tactical front as well not just this game but a few other games he's he's had it wrong as well he's had it right more times than not don't get me wrong but he's had he, he's had a few games where you know we've questioned his tactics you know so um yeah i feel like at the moment united are on 50 points um in the top four they're doing i think tenak is doing what they're supposed what he's supposed to do um and I think even if he get, let's say if United win the FA Cup or Europa League or alongside it, three trophies or two trophies, it will be an extremely massive achievement for Ten Hag because, mm. you know, I, 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 feel, I feel like, you know, this season has not been plain sailing for him at all. He's not necessarily clocked it as of yet. And it's normal. He's coming from the Eredivisie. You, 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 you coach the team that's by far the best team in the competition, that spends the most money, that has the best youth academy. You, uh, uh, sometimes you play against a go-ahead Eagles, Excelsior, them type of teams. Whereas in the Premier League, it's different type of fish, man. So, um, yeah, he won the Carabao Cup versus Newcastle. Um, he's done well. Quote, mm. you know, in 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 asteris, asteris, whatever you say, asteristic, whatever. He's kind of like overachieving, but he's done well. But he's not been great he's not been I wouldn't I wouldn't say that to be honest he's just doing what he's supposed to do I think next season this is where I will personally proper have a look at him and judge him and see you know Wagwan if he pushes on yeah I I agree with you Drew man I think um for the most part anyway I think um he has made the right calls with his substitutions this season and those substitutions have actually brought us you know put his his substitutions have put points on the board but when you look at like how he might start a game and how he sets up with games I mean the the first opening 20 minutes of that the game against Newcastle that's not the first time that we've seen that kind of pattern from this United team where for you know 20 minutes of the game regardless of of who we play we're, we're getting dominated on and off the ball and then it isn't until the second half and he, he makes the changes that he makes, whether it's bringing on a Garnacho or he moves Rashford Central uh, to bring on a Sancho or then moves Bruno out wide. He's done. He's made those tactical tweaks that have benefited us in the past um, this season. Um, however, I feel today was like a huge, it was a huge question mark um, because I think he made the Marshall and Sancho substitutions first. And then he made the further three substitutions with um, taking off uh, two centre backs and uh, replacing replacing it with one, replacing them with one, and then we, we were basically playing three at the back with two full backs and a centre back for uh, you know the last fifteen minutes of the game. And I think trying to get into his head and figure out why he did that, I'm thinking it's more because you know at that point it was one nil, and 
you know, where we're leaving with zero points, right? So he just thought, what's the riskiest thing that I can do with regard to throwing in the kitchen sink with the knowledge that regardless of what I do, it's still going to be zero points if we don't get any, if we don't get a goal, right? So even if they go on to score another two, three, it's still leaving with nothing if I decide not to change anything. So I'm thinking he was probably coming. Yeah, exactly. So it's probably coming from that standpoint and that sort of mindset. And the fact that he already has grace for his changes and tactical tweaks um, uh, at different points within the game previously, I don't think he can be lambasted too much for what he did although it was strange i will say can i ask you a question press yeah so sorry jay can i can i ask you a question press um i hear you and yeah i i actually agree with, with everything that you said but the one thing that i'm not understanding what he's doing is the is Wout Weghorst and <laughs> continuously playing him and lying by saying every time we play Weghorst, we play good can you can you explain that makes that? sense yeah, well, cost yeah. Oh my goodness gracious, Lord! Ah, oh, like Lord. this that guy is because Donis again, Donis again onto Darwin, but but this Walter, oh my nah. day, he's toilet Where's man, my... he's nah. toilet, Sench toilet, toilet. Is clear, oh, oh Val, <laughs> Val is just, it's just, it's just a specimen. I, I don't know what he is, bro. He is dreadful. I mean, like even just that, what, 10 minute cameo. <laughs> you saw the quick feet that Martial gave you, chopped yeah. it on the right to his left foot, yeah. got a quick shot away. Yeah, yeah that was horse is a bum. I'm sick. sorry, man. Yeah, Lord, he's a busted he bum, man. He's a busted, busted bum. I think <laughs> for me. But for like, me. No, 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 but, no, but press. But the reason why I'm asking you is because yeah. instead of like, let's like lambasting the thing, like let's, mm. let's actually have a discussion about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think, Ten Hag says this, and why do you think Ten Hag plays it? But mm-hmm. we all have eyes in it, and it's mm-hmm. been going on for a while. Why, why, why do you think it's that move? I think he's. I think he's number one. He's protecting his player. Um, number two, he doesn't have any other options uh, in that position. I mean, the other option is to play Rashford down the middle and bring in one of our other wingers. But I think he feels Rashford is most effective out on the left wing. Um, I don't think. Let's be honest, man. If Martial was fit. And Marshall actually, um, you know, could play more than two games without getting injured. White Weghorst wouldn't see as much game time as he is right now. He was brought in as an emergency. He was brought in to cover Marshall. But Marshall has spent more time on the hospital bed than he, he ever imagined this season and is being forced, in my opinion, he's being forced to play White Weghorst way more than he would have ever done. So I think it's more protecting White Weghorst from... The, the sharks in the media um and I don't, I don't think i mean what what good would it do ten hag cr- by you know criticizing his his one and only striker that's available for him that he needs to put in some kind of effort some kind of performance i don't know what good that would do him criticizing him openly when I, he's not giving him the to criticize him but you can drop him for who though, I'm bro? I'm sure. I'm sure Rashford. Ra- I'm sure Rashford at nine is better than what Vejos is producing right now. I I agree. I I agree. I think he is. I agree. But I I don't know. I think Rashford has been his has found his most success from that left wing position this season, and he scored the most goals from there. Um, and on top of that. I think if you asked Rashford where his preferred position would be, I think he'd say on the left. So if if you're gonna if you want to get the best out of your current, you know, highest performing player that's getting all your goals, you're going to listen to them if they say, listen, boss, I, I prefer to be out on the left 
um, because I feel that's why I'm most productive. So I feel like he's just making use of his resources and, and keeping his, his top goal scorer happy, if I'm honest, man. I think now that Marshall's back and I'm hoping and hoping and hoping that this brother could stay fit for the for the run out for the rest of the season. Um, but I, I think we'll probably see a reduction in the amount of time that Woutwick Horst uh, sees on the pitch um, due to, to Marshall being being back. But that's that's more hope than anything, man. Oh, good old hope. That's yeah, that's man. Cool. <laughs> uh, um, right be- before we before we move on, let's let's talk about Newcastle because they were very good, and Alexander Isaac, he's now fit. That kid can play football. He's a baller. I think that's bro. probably I'm probably my review of it, brother. Like, go for it, Tess. Hey, man, that area. Trey and a certain special man I mean I just every time I watch him I like he just gets better and better and I was literally just watching the game with my brother today saying that I know Callum Wilson will follow Eddie out to the end of the earth obviously that's his dog from early but he's he's finished if Isaac continues to play the way he he, he like he he has currently like I know obviously Wilson came off the bench and oh, for sure. scored but Isaac is just brilliant, man. Like, I mean, he's got like the length, he's got like the the feet. Like, I oh man, he's just he's just got flair. Like, even um the way he kind of brought the, the ball down and then squared it, um, that kind of set up the first goal. Just just impeccable, man. Like, he's just such a good player. So he's just so fun to watch. And he's been in my like FBL team for like a good couple of weeks now. So for me, I obviously kind of like just like to watch him pretty much at any point that Newcastle are playing and I just I just love what I see man he's just excellent great yeah baller good good on Isaac keep doing well mate um yeah as we spoke about earlier Spurs go to Everton Monday night they win they're in the top four I don't care um <laughs> right Sh- shots we we all know Toast has got one so Toast give us it um Obviously, uh, that rude interruption uh, from earlier, I never quite got to get out that. <laughs> got to shout out the only Leo we acknowledge, man, because I'm sorry, this impact has just been incredible. Um, my seven assists, one goal in 11 games um, since he joined Arsenal in Jan. Um, he's been a pivotal kind of part of uh, the last kind of seven wins in a row. Just, I mean, I was disc- I was kind of... He's such a like for the street sort of player, in my opinion. I was kind of like comparing him to like the likes of like Delafeu and Arnautovic and like Payet, players who are just unbelievable to watch on the ball. Like he gives me like a little bit of like um, Alexis Sanchez vibes as well with some of his body feints. Just great link up play again with Jesus for the goal. And yeah, I'm, I'm just so happy we have him, man. And yeah, just just brilliant. So shout out Leo, man. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um. I actually have two <laughs> shots, surprisingly. Um, the first one is, I'll, I will say it for Grandpa, like, it is, it is sad to watch a man lose his job. And I think I, I did want it to work just because of, like, a lot of football managers you see these days, as soon as something goes, goes wrong, they throw their toys out the pram immediately and blame everything but themselves. So I think... Like it was nice to actually have a bit of breath of fresh air with Pa, who was just it seemed like he was just a decent man, and he actually acted in the right way and wouldn't go blaming refs or everything else. And yeah, the job 
seemingly was too big for him, but I do wish him the best and I hope he does succeed. And I think some of the treatment he got from our, some of our fans was very poor and he definitely didn't deserve a lot of it. But yeah, man, it had to happen. Wish you all the best. Um, my other shot is actually for a Chelsea team that can succeed. And that is the Chelsea's women's team who have got through to the semi-finals courtesy of a penalty shootout. And shout out to Chelsea's keeper, AKB. Got diagnosed with cancer that came back, viral cancer in August. Wow. And in April, or sorry, late March, she's saving two penalties in the penalty shootout to put us through. Like, shout out to her, man. Wow. Fair enough, man. Um, but yeah, this has been the Varbar podcast. Graham Potter's been fired during it. I've been an absolute mess ever since. But listeners, thank you for listening <laughs> as always. And for all the best rants and crying and Arsenal analysis where they're actually winning, which is shit. Please continue to listen for the rest of the season. And yeah, we will speak to you all very soon. Peace. Hey, hi. Peace. Peace. In a bit, in a bit. <laughs> <laughs>